Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. Welcome back to another episode of Mississippi Magic. As we add yet another story, a shout out to all of you who share the positive stories of fellow Mississippians and to our good sponsor, Divinity Equipment. This episode is titled Larger Than Life. In his particular genre, he would be known as one of the best of all times. Even though he didn't mean to, he became a recording giant, crowd pleaser, and endorsement genius, and even a pitch man for many goods and God. Howard was just trying to make a book, not cut a record. But when Mississippi magic gets involved, it's hard to stop greatness. He's one of Mississippi's finest. And when I say he's larger than life, I can personally attest to that. That story later after this from Divinity Equipment. If you're one of the many who find themselves homebound during this virus pandemic, you're probably trying to fight the boredom by getting some projects done both inside and out. And just a reminder, if those tasks require rental, Divinity Equipment in Jackson and Madison is the name to count on. You see, from Kubota tractors to implements, trailers for all kinds of uses, to mini excavators, backhoes to forklifts, Divinity Equipment wants you for a customer. Check out the inventory online at DiviniEquipment.com or come by for a visit. Highway 51 North in Madison and Divinity Drive in Jackson. Now the story unfolds on this episode of Mississippi Magic called Larger Than Life. Howard was one of those born entertainers. You know how some singers start creating their own stage at the earliest of age? whenever anyone pays attention to them. Well, Howard was one of those guys. Give him an audience of one, and he would unleash his talents on that singular person. Not in a bad way. Must not have been, because the audience grew one by one, then by tens, then hundreds, to ultimately millions upon millions. And as with most history, as time goes by, the next generation should know how people like Howard put Mississippi, my state, your state, in the forefront of the entertainment industry, and his larger-than-life persona dominated that field with an honest and unique talent for over 30 years in this industry. And here's how it happened. Much like tens of thousands of Mississippi high school students every year, Howard was excited about his graduation celebration, but he understood that serving his country was not an option. He did so for two years, then came back home to Mississippi. And after that, went to college to learn a skill, graduated, and found a job. Maybe it was just meant to be. You see, when Howard went straight to the Navy after high school, he returned with a desire to be in farming, one way or the other. It's where he felt God was calling him. So his talents were seeded in agriculture, and from the Delta soil sprang forth an organic talent that was, shall we say, harvested by a couple of guys named Bud and Big Ed, then fertilized by a record company named MCA. After college, Howard found that job, about as close to farming as farming itself. His job was to solve the many problems farmers encountered from disease to insects. That he did, and he did it well with both his knowledge and his remarkable gift of gab. Whenever Howard needed to close a deal or make people feel at ease, he'd unleash that talent. 
and you'd know it was happening because the crowd standing around the, the tractor or outside the gin or in the farm headquarters business office always erupted with burst of loud laughter. Yep, Howard did that so well that one of the biggest companies in the South gave him a job to sell their products to the farmers. Maybe it was the love of attention. Could have been his larger-than-life statue. The former college football player cast a rather large shadow on the front line. Maybe it was his vivid imagination to create characters everyone could relate to and wanted to hear more about. Could have been the animated way Howard told the story with a colorful southern vocabulary with sound effects. Most historians, I think, would agree it was all of those and more. By now, I'm sure you know that larger-than-life guy is one of Mississippi's famous citizens, born Howard Gerald Clower. We knew him then and now, not as Howard Gerald, but simply as Jerry, Jerry Clower, born at one of the Magnolia State's most memorable addresses in history, Route 4, Liberty, Mississippi. Clower's sales pitches grew into sales seminars for Mississippi Chemical Company, where his task was to sell farmers fertilizer. He joined the company in 1954, and before he left, he was director of sales. The crowds and the laughter grew. People started taping some of the stories. One of those home recordings found its way to a couple of Texas cowboys in the recording business who knew talent when they heard it. Cue the stage for Bud and Big Ed. They wanted to put his talents behind the mic in their professional recording studio so the world could hear his stories. They did, and Mississippi Magic took over from there. It didn't take long after the first record hit southern radio stations for Clower's talents to grow like kudzu. I remember getting that first 45 RPM Clower record. It looked like a parody label of Apple Music with a lemon on the label. There was a bit of humor even in that. Well, Clower's immortal, The Coon Hunt, exploded the request line unlike anything DJs had aired in years. From that moment on, it was a new world for the fertilizer salesman from Yazoo City, Mississippi. After he finished pack speaking engagements, he would offer the recordings to his audience at a good old boy's price. Ever the salesman, Jerry Clower sold over 8,000 copies that way. Word of the new Southern Humorous rang out, and MCA came a-calling with a contract. Now he was playing with the big boys in production and distribution and promotion. Clower's The Coon Hunt went on to top sales of a million dollars and achieved platinum status. After the phrase, knock him out, John, was indelibly imprinted in everybody's brains, fans wanted more stories. MCA Records obliged. John worked his way on up to the top of the tree and, whoo, what a big one. And he reached around in his overhauls and got that sharp stick and he drawed back and he punched the coon, but it wasn't a coon. It was a lynx. We call them souped up wildcats in Amen County. And people, that thing attacked John up in the top of that tree. Wow! You could hear John squall. What's the matter with John? Knock him out, John. Wow! This thing's killing me. The whole top of the tree was shaking. The dogs got to biting the bark of the tree and fighting one another underneath the tree, and I was kicking them back. You dogs, get away. What's the matter with John? Knock him out, John. Woo! This thing's killing me. And John knew that Mr. Barron toted a pistol in his belt to shoot snakes with, and he kept hollering, shoot this thing. And Mr. Barron said, John, I can't shoot up in there. I might hit you. John said, well, just shoot up in here amongst us. One of us got to have some relief. 
1971, they released the Mississippi Artist's first album called Jerry Clower from Yazoo City, Talkin'. In less than a year, the album sold over a million and stayed in the top 20 of Billboard's country album charts for 30 weeks. Jerry Clower went on to record 27 original full-length recordings in his 27-year career as a professional entertainer. He loved his God, his family, and his job. And that's another bit of wisdom that shouldn't be lost for the next generation. Do something in life that you love. And in the true meaning of the word, you will be successful. Because in order to achieve true success, it's got to come with true happiness. And also understand this, it wasn't always easy. The road was long with a lot of bumps. The big stages, the pressure to make a living performing. Just the thought of being worthy enough for the crowds to pay hard-earned money to hear you. The many nights away from family on the road, the demand for new material to be introduced between the classics, that success always came with a lot of pressure. Pressure that Jerry Clower handled with his faith in God and family. And also friends. Clower's early days of introduction into the business received a bit of help from a fellow Mississippian named Charlie Pride. In 1973, the larger-than-life kid from Liberty, Mississippi, became an official member of the Grand Ole Opry. His talents were also shared over the years in works called Country Crossroads with Bill Mack and Leroy Van Dyke, Nashville on the Road with Jim Ed Brown. He authored four books. He won Pitchman of the Year for a multitude of product endorsements. In 1997, the National Football Foundation and the Hall of Fame presented Jerry Clower with its Distinguished American Award. And if you're driving through Yazoo City, the local thoroughfare is called Jerry Clower Boulevard. But there was always one place that Jerry Clower appeared larger than life, and that was on stage, telling the stories like those of the Ledbetter family and the childhood exploits of his friends like Marcel. As a young broadcaster, I had the opportunity of emceeing and introducing Jerry Clower in the city's convention center. I remember the green room was graced with a pool table, and an hour before the event started, I found myself playing a game of pool with a guy larger than life. Dressed in a blinding neon suit with a black patch of a raccoon. As the noise of the overflow crowd filling the seats kept building, I was far more nervous than he was. And I remember asking him how he remained so calm and collective. And Jerry Clower said to me, I don't know, guess it just comes naturally. By the way, there was one more thing I vividly remember about Jerry Clower. He was very, very good at the game of pool. In American history, humorists who captivate such a large audience are few and far between. Today and beyond, Jerry Clower stands larger than life in that rarefied air. He once said, I don't tell funny stories, I tell stories funny. And he did what he loved doing until the day he died from complications of heart surgery, August 24, 1998. For those who knew him personally, they would tell you, Jerry Clower's soul is home in heaven, his body is home, in East Fork Cemetery, Route 4, Liberty, Mississippi. Howard Gerald Clower, Jerry, found his happiness in life by making other people laugh. And after all, isn't that the pure essence of Mississippi magic? Talk Mississippi Media Production.